Denise and I are so excited to welcome our guest today for our 20th episode. Oh my God. I remember when we um, did our 10th episode and we thought that that was like super, super exciting. Um, But here we are heading into our 20th and we couldn't be more psyched to have um, executive consultant and Denise's OG, her bestie, Gia Kazarian. Um, Via her private practice based in the Central Valley, Gia works with individuals throughout California on site and virtually to strengthen their social skills, self-awareness, and professional behaviors through a customized approach. While advancing their leadership abilities, Gia's mindful coaching methods are created upon business and social psychology. With the foundation of academic research, she values her relationships, which are filled with trust and support, in order to exceed personal and professional goals for all who work with her. Hey, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for the second season of Midlife at the Mailbox. Over eight years ago, Denise and I met during a chance meeting at our neighborhood mailbox. Over the years, our friendship has blossomed into something bigger. We can't wait to tell you all about it. And although we no longer share a mailbox, we really are closer than ever in real life. This meeting at the mailbox inspired a friendship, a business relationship, a lot of laughs, a couple tears, and now a podcast. So come along and listen in. We're so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome to the mailbox, Gia. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yes, I'm extra excited today to have you here. Uh, When we were kids, I used to joke that I'm a year older than Gia. So I used to joke that I knew you before you knew yourself, right? (laughs) So uh, while the story of how Gia and I built a lifelong and we're part of like a multi-generational friendship can be a whole podcast in itself, we're here today actually to talk to Gia and speak with her about how to manage motherhood in midlife, and some leadership skills around that that you can embrace and and bring out uh, and begin to use today. So uh, this is really exciting. Well, thank you both for having me. Very excited to be here. Welcome, welcome to the mailbox. And another Fresno, right? Are, are we? What's our Fresno to Glenview ratio right now? We've I think got we're it. like equal. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't set out to be that way, mailbox listeners. It just sort of naturally happened. Gia, let's just jump right in because I'm so excited to have the mailbox hear this. Can you share with us what inspired you to put together a list of leadership skills for mothers? Yes. Yeah, so uh, my business is executive consulting and leadership development. And uh, I'll just give you a little bit of background of kind of how this all came to be. Uh, I work with, you know, clients, a lot of clients here in the Central Valley on interpersonal skills, leadership development, if people want to become a leader. Uh, you know, I work with them on getting them up to speed or if somebody has a specific goal they want to reach, I work with them one-on-one or with teams or organizations where I do trainings and whatnot. But the focus is all leadership development and really becoming the best version of yourself. And so when I meet with clients or do workshops, my emphasis is only on the individual. And, you know, we don't... I my goal is to hold up the mirror for people and to make them personally accountable because the only person that only thing that we can control is ourselves, our behaviors, our reactions. And, you know, um, through that, it can influence other people. So with that 
realm of leadership, personal development, um, personal accountability. Uh, I do a lot of, like I said, do a lot of work with leaders and organizations. And how this transpired with motherhood is it was a little bit of a leap, but uh, after I thought about it, it was a natural progression. Um, actually, Denise and I, we've grown up in an Armenian church uh, our whole lives, and you know, our grandparents, our parents, all of the things. And every year they host a Mother's Day luncheon for the patrons, and it's a very, very nice event. So last year I had just done a conference. It was for, um, the, what was it? Uh, the human resource conference. And I had posted some pictures on social media and I had spoke about coaching and development and communication. And a couple of days later, I get a call from our church. And I said, Oh, what did I do? Why, why is the church calling me? <laughs> that was my first response. But anyways, it was, uh, had called me and they asked me, they said they saw their post and they saw the business that I do. And they asked me if I would be their keynote speaker for the Mother's Day luncheon. And at first I was taken back a little bit. And I said, well, I don't know. What do you want me to talk about? I'm certainly not a motherhood expert. I have two, two children, two boys, 13 and 10 right now. And, you know, I'm figuring out motherhood Every single day, every day is a different yes. story. Some stuff, <laughs> some stuff works, some stuff failed miserably, you know. And I said, "Well, I, you know, I'm honored, but what would what would you like me to speak about? You know, I, I don't feel that I'm necessarily doing anything special, or I have I'm not a child psychologist or whatnot." And they said, "Whatever you would want to speak about, you're part of our community. You have a successful business." you have children, you're relatable. So anything that you think would be beneficial for not just mothers, but the dads, the people that go there, the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles. So it took me a couple of days to think about what the connection could be. And I said, well, you know, I know about leadership. That's my expertise. That's what I, that's kind of that's my group. Uh-huh. And then as I was looking at the concept, I said, oh my gosh, like, let me pick the top 10, in my opinion, top 10 leadership skills that directly link to parenthood, to motherhood, to really any interpersonal relationship uh, with your husband, your wife, your spouse, your children, your friends. Um, these are all best practices that can be used really within any realm. And when I was talking to Denise and Amy earlier, we were talking about my business and I said, my clientele, my roster is all different industries. Uh, and the neat thing about the work that I do is all the concepts apply to any industry. We just insert the concept with what's happening and what the goals are and within the industry standards and make it totally custom to the client. Same thing for parenthood, motherhood. All these are best practices and it's you insert your own life and your own experience, your own kids to make it work for you. So that was the segue and the development of top 10 leadership and motherhood life skills. (laughs) So do you have any examples of, do you like, do you remember any examples of some of those skills that you used in your keynote? Oh, I have them all right here. (laughs) Perfect. With you, if you would like. Yes, I would love to know. Denise and I would would love to be taught. Would you like me to? (laughs) Okay, so yes. I ha- I picked the top 10 that I thought were the most relevant. 
Um, and I'll, we can go through the top 10 and give you a little blurb about each one. And then you pick one or two. It's like, oh, that, I could use that. Or I, this makes sense to me. Or this would help me with my children or even my relationship with anybody. So here are the top 10. And then we can uh, talk a little bit about each one. We can draw cool. roll it. <laughs> okay. Draw roll. So, okay. <laughs> Tip number one is, and I put this as number one on purpose, is put on your oxygen mask. Number two, you create the weather. Number three, communication is key. Number four, what are you saying without saying anything at all? Mm. Number five, active listening. Number six, making the most of your time. Number seven, be in the present. Number eight, avoid the comparison game, especially if you have multiple children. Number nine, flip the script and look for the good. And then the grand finale is be your child's all-star coach. And so these are all leadership skills, all principles, all concepts and best practices that I teach my clients that I saw a direct connection to parenthood. The first one that I put, mm. and I, like I said, I put this as number one, is put on your oxygen mask. And what that means is when you're on an airplane, you hear the flight attendant says, put your oxygen mask on first before you put others' oxygen masks on. And for me, that resonates so much with me. It's like, you have to be good in order to take care of other people. You have to make yourself good for you to be the best um, business owner for your clients, for what your best wife, best mother. So make yourself whole. And that's different for everybody. And for me, I find that I'm much better when I'm balanced. So I'm better when, you know, I have my stuff, my kids stuff, my husband stuff, my work stuff, my social, physical, you know, all, all of the things. So the question that I ask my clients, is, what do you need to do to make yourself feel good? To make yourself mm. like, so when you have your gas tank, you know, and you go, 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 go throughout the whole day. And then at the end of the day, you have like a few just fumes left in the tank. And now you have your children or, you know, family. It's like, well, what do you need to do to get your gas tank back full and realistic stuff? You know, not a week long vacation in Hawaii all the time. I mean, that's not <laughs> realistic. But what can you do daily to fill your gas tank to make yourself good? And so. Um, you know, there can be emotional activities that can help you connect, can re reflect there's physical activities. If it's exercising, walking, meditation, social, if that fills your cup, you know, that's going, connecting with friends or a social network, um, practical, practical stuff helps fill your stuff, like fills your tank too. So that's like creating a budget, sticking to it, professional development, stuff that's going to move you ahead in life. Anything mental, so that's meditation, journaling, praying, anything spiritual. So it's the question. It's a customized approach. But what do you need to do to make yourself good? And in order for you to be the best version of yourself, to be the best business owner, to be the best mom, you need to be on your A game. So that's put your oxygen mask on first, and then you can help others. And then I have a quote from Princess Diana: it "says Every one of us needs to show how much we care for each other." In the process, we must care for ourselves. Yeah. So that's number one for me. Put on your oxygen mask. Very true. Okay. I know. Can't can't stress that one enough. I don't, you know, it's not always, you know, 
happening, but in my mind, I think it should be right. <laughs> yeah. And people think sometimes, especially moms, I've noticed think self-care is actually, they think it's selfish, but in fact, it's just the opposite. Self-care mm-hmm. is necessary for you to take care of others. Yeah. Oh, you, Denise knows, Denise and I love the self-care. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very that is very important to us. For Denise, you know, she likes to do her meditation. Um, she obviously Mm -hmm. likes to do the self-care pieces as well, but her meditation and her daily walks. What else do you like to do for your own? But those are a part of self-care. Yeah. Yeah. Her meditation is a part of her self-care routine. Yeah. And I mean, Mm -hmm. the last couple of years as well, you know, it's you know, some of that, the social balance, right. That kind of resonates with me in terms of like, because we, I was off balance, right. I'm a pretty social person. And then in the pandemic years, it got, you know, odd and weird and like, yeah. you know, and, and things were just yeah. really off and, you know, to go from a pretty social life to a not very social life at all. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. You know, yeah. And so that really threw my game off, even though I mentally didn't think it at first, but, you know, now coming mm-hmm. out of that a couple of years later, you know, I, that was off oh, yeah. balance. Well, some of that was not under my control, but, you know, kind of getting back in because yeah. now is in my control, like, you know, balancing that back. I can tell, like, you know, I yeah, can mm-hmm. we've loved have mm-hmm. we've loved the networking piece being back in, in both mm-hmm. of our lives. That's bringing oh, us a I lot bet. of joy. Yeah. 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 Or just like, yeah, yeah. Coffee, mm-hmm. drinks, like, you know, lunch, whatever. Right. So going out. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if that feels, if that fills your cup, you know, some people are more introverted and that's not fulfilling to them. So I guess like, I can't stress enough that this tip is totally personal and like a really ask yourself, honestly, like what, you know, what do I need to gain my energy and to be good? Okay. I love that one. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, so what do you want to go through another one or do you want to go through Amy's one? I mean, we're, we're, we love all this. This is like, yeah, our, this, this is, is great. language. You <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just, if we have time, we can go through each one and uh, touch on it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do a brief touch on, on, yeah, on each one of them. Okay. And then, okay, so number two is you create the weather. So as a parent, as a leader, you have the power to create the atmosphere in your organization, in your team, in your household. So my question to you is, you know, have you ever walked in a room and felt the energy? Like, oh gosh, something's off, or it doesn't have like a good vibe or whatnot. Well, guess what? Our kids feed off of our energy. So you have a choice to make, and that is, you know, are you sunny or are you stormy? And Mm -hmm. I know I can speak for myself. My kids totally feed off of my energy. If I'm aggravated or nervous or whatnot, what's wrong? What's wrong? They're they're feeling that. If I'm relaxed, they're relaxed. And so just being really, really conscious of what's the vibe, what's the energy that I am putting out there. And Voltaire says the most important decision you make is to be in a good mood. <laughs> and you know, sometimes that's hard, especially when you're not yeah. in a good mood, but what do you, you know, at least make yourself, how do you get yourself in a neutral mood with your children? Um, and how do you deal with your stuff and in a professional, constructive way? Yeah. Number three is, for me, communication is key. So anytime an organization calls me in 
And if there's a problem after we pull back the layers, probably 95% of the time, there's been a missing communication somewhere. Yeah. Either someone said something, they took it the wrong way. Someone sent an email, they thought this, this, and then it just spirals out of control. And now there's a huge rift and all the things where really it could have just been resolved with clearing up the communication or maybe there was even, there wasn't communication. A lot of times people think they've communicated and they haven't. And then that's where a myth is. So just really looking at communication and just because you email or say something doesn't mean you've communicated it. You've just passed words along or you've just said words. So how do you know communication lands how you intend for it to land? So communication is getting your right message to the correct person in an accurate and efficient manner. Yeah. And making yeah, sure your message lands how you intend for it to land. So just because we say something, maybe the person wasn't even paying attention. Did the person even read your email? <laughs> Were they doing something else? Were they on the phone? Were they distracted? Like there's so many factors that go into communication. And guess what? I always tell my clients, I'm like, okay, write this down. This is the key to life, right? And they all get their pens and paper. And I'm like, <laughs> people are different. <laughs> they actually write it down. And I was like, Okay, that's kind of a joke, but not really. <laughs> but people are different and people communicate differently. So if you're able to understand how your children process information, how your husband or your friends process information, you can tailor your style to meet their needs. So in the work world, if you know your boss, you go to that meeting prepared for that style. If you know your team needs just the facts and not all the fluff, then you present the facts. So you tailor your approach to the person that you're talking to. Yep. Now I think that's key. And that's key for kids too, because sometimes I'll be guilty of like, you know, are you brushing your teeth? I'm yelling it from the kitchen to the bedroom, right? And yeah. I remember I read yeah. a, it was a doctor or some parenting coach um, said, you know, if you're going to give instructions to your child, you need to be in the same room looking them in the eye. Otherwise, it could be all just noise. As a parent, you know, we say it, we say it, we say it, and they're watching TV, they're on their iPads, who knows, they're not even listening to us, you know, and then finally it's like, oh my God, go brush yeah. your teeth, and then they look at you like, why are you so mad, and you're like, because I've said it 10 times, well, that's not communication, they're not present, we're not present, we're doing, the, you know, so there's, now, this takes a lot of work, right, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it's not always, like, these are all best practices that we Drive. Not saying that I am perfect at this by any means, but and I always tell my clients this. I was like, look, I teach this stuff, and I still fail at it or need to do it and revamp it and all the stuff. So what I'm presenting are best practices that 100%. we can strive for. hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. And I'm the same way too in my in my world, right? Like I, you need to send emails. You know, you need to send an email once a week. You need to make sure that you're posting consistently on social media and you need to put together a schedule. And I'm very guilty of all of it, right? Of of not necessarily that sure. same follow through. Just because again, I'm my focus is like on those paying clients versus on like the needs that, you know, I need. But again, mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta put that oxygen mask on first. But the this 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 last piece in terms of this communication and with the kids, you know, Caleb is very has developed a really, really lousy habit. So if any of you are listening and see him still doing this <laughs> by the time this is, you know, this airs, 
he walks around with his face in his phone. So like mm-hmm. he will go up and down the stairs with his face in his phone. He will, you know, and then like literally gets in the car and puts his phone in the face, like fa- gets in the car and puts his face in the phone. And it's like, it's, it's horrible. And so we constantly are having this discussion, like, dude, it is dangerous. You need to put your mm-hmm. phone down. And sometimes he hears it and sometimes he's not. And I feel like the same when you said the piece of, or Denise, you said too, like you have to be in the same room giving your kids these instructions. Like, I feel like I have to start that because it's been a struggle. You know, there's like the, the this loss of like attention, you know, he's, he's not always very focused. I think most of the modern world at this point is guilty of that. But I yeah. mean, yeah, it's not something you want to start with your you know, you you know, he's eleven. You can still somewhat control his habits. So, I mean, trying to get him out of that habit earlier than change. Like, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I, yeah, it resonates with Gia was saying too about like progress, right? We always talk about progress, not perfection, right? I don't think any Gia is not expecting yeah. any leader, mother, or parent, or whoever to have perfection on these things. But if you know, five times can connect better than you did last month, you know, by being more mindful and present in your communication, you'll probably have more positive interactions and more positive, you know, your relationship with your child hopefully would be more positive, right? Or your team or whoever. Mailbox family, the 2023 job market can be tricky to navigate, but it doesn't have to be. Working with an experienced career transition specialist like myself at Denise Rabat Career Coaching, can help you with common issues that trip up many job seekers like how to do resume revisions, networking strategies on LinkedIn, how to answer the infamous interview question, tell me about yourself, and so, so much more. Visit my website, drcareercoaching.com, and click on the Speak with Denise button in the top right-hand side of the page to set up a complimentary session to discuss your current career needs and a plan that we can put in place to help you. That's drcareercoaching.com. See you guys back at the mailbox. I think too, taking these tips, it's a really good opportunity for you to recognize when these instances are occurring. So I think that's a big piece too, in terms of the power of change and making something better and more of a habit is that exactly like progress not perfection you're not going to have this 100% figured out but you start to recognize if you are falling into one of these bad habits and now how you could pull yourself out by the you know the next time like oh i recognize this and so the next time i am going to walk into the room and going to provide the instruction right and that's how you can start to yeah. gradually improve and that's the, Amy, thanks for ringing that. So that's the beauty of the work that I do. It's just making people aware, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like bringing these concepts to the forefront of their mind. It, I always say like, no one's going to do all of them all the time. Like you said, it's not going to be perfect, but it's just being aware of it. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that. Let me think about that. So it's being very intentional. Everything that we talk about that I'm going to talk about today that I do in my work is very intentional. It's thought about things don't just happen by chance. And I'm going to a little segue. Like when I talked to folks and I said, good leadership doesn't just happen by chance. It may look like it, but there's a lot of behind the scenes work that go into being very thoughtful, very 
proactive and being very intentional. So same concept here is I don't think good parenting, whatever that means, I don't even know if that's a word, but being the best parent that you want to be doesn't just naturally happen. It's work. It's active. It's being present. It's constantly be thinking and chipping away on how do I want to show up? And if it didn't go well, it's learning from that. It's like, oh gosh, that was a disaster. That was a total bust. Okay. <laughs> what, how do I hold the mirror up? I was like, what did I learn about myself? What did I learn about my children? You know, what not? And how can we improve? And it's a work in progress. I think it's always going to be a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So true. Okay. All right. So this is good stuff. Yeah. Roll on to your next one. We want to hear. Okay. Next one. <laughs> Number four is what are you saying without saying anything at all? So that's your body language. What is your body language saying? Um, approximately 55% of our communication meaning comes from our nonverbal behaviors. That's our eye contact. That's our smiling. That's our posture. That's um, what is our, are we inviting? Or are we closed off? Are we making the eye contact or are we looking at our phone when we're talking to our kids? Approximately 38% of our communication meaning comes from our tone of voice. Is our tone matching our message and is it matching my body language? And approximately 10% or so of our communication meaning actually comes from our written or spoken words. So not a huge percentage. A lot of times we think there's so much that you know, we've got to get the right words. We've got to get the right words. Yes, words are important, very important. And I always tell clients, like, you can't unsee words, you can't unhear words. So choose your words wisely. Words yeah. can hurt, words can sing, words can make or break you. Um, but when we're communicating, also think about your tone of voice and your body language. And, you know, uh, with our body language, we're able to see if somebody zones out or if someone's paying attention or someone's engaged or not. So when you talk on the phone, you don't have body language. You just, you're kind of relying mostly on your tone of voice. However, when you send a text message or an email, you don't have your body language. You don't have your tone of voice. And this is where things go awry. Definitely. Because you don't have those context clues to support your messages. This is why there's emojis. This is exactly why there's emojis. This is set the tone. So be thinking about your body language, your tone. Is it matching the words that you are saying? You know, have you ever talked to somebody, they say something and they roll their eyes. They don't even really, they roll their eyes. Well, that eye roll just negates everything that they say. Or their sarcastic tone. Even if the words are positive and they have this kind of edgy tone. No, it doesn't matter. It all has to be congruent. And if you have a message that could be taken as lit, when I say a little bit of heat or could possibly be taken out of context, or if you're communicating like a policy change or something in the workforce or a big message, do not send an email or a text. It's not going to land. It's not, the result is not going to be good. You can follow it up with that, but ask, try to have an in-person or Zoom conversation. And if you can't have that, at least have a phone call so you can hear the other person's tone of voice so you can See if there's off, if they're off in your communication and you can clarify, ask questions, all of that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> all right. And then number five. Oh, the quote for this one is, what you do speak so loudly that I cannot hear what you say by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Hmm. All right. Number five I had was active listening. And this kind of goes with communication as well. Um, 
the Greek philosopher said, we have two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you talk. You know, listening can be a very powerful tool, not always utilized to its full potential. So, you know, a lot of times folks will wait for that pause in the conversation because they have that thought in their head. They're not even listening to what the other person says, but they're waiting for that pause and they get their two cents in. Like, no, hold on to your thoughts. Listen to understand what they are even saying before you respond. And the human brain, we can multitask. So we can listen and still be doing other things. So we can listen to somebody and still type our email, look at our phone, make our grocery list and still be listening. But that's not active listening. That's passive listening. Active listening is putting all that extra noise away, shutting it down and being totally present with the person. And when I do my consulting work one-on-one, I have to be an active listener or else people aren't going to pay me. I'm not going to be doing my job. And right. so if I have three or four sessions in a row, at the end, I am wiped out. And it's like, how can you be so tired if you just sat there and listened? Because I'm active listening. I'm not just mm-hmm. passive listening. Yeah. So as a parent, are you active listening to your child or to your spouse or to your coworkers or whatnot? Active listening. Hard to do. Very hard to do. And the phones are the biggest distraction for that. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to do, I'd say, even in my own like personal temperament, because I'm such a talker and like I have things that I want to share, you know? So it's like I do have comments that like I want to interject. So yes, the <laughs> you have two ears and one mouth. Yes, it's it's something that I have definitely been working on. that's a hard one um what I was saying too about active listening is I find that when I'm a listener it just depends on what role I'm in right what how what type of listener I think I can relate to Amy when I'm in social mode right and I want to you know I find that like I you know I like to interject and feel like I'm supporting someone by by you know making like putting my hands up like I'm doing right now but you can't see me and you know and doing a couple of other things right you know I'm affirming them but when I'm in when I'm with my coaching clients and career counseling our career transition coaching I I do put that I've now after you know several years the past three years of, of you know habitual coaching and, and really a, a bigger client load can listen and sit there and hear their story right versus like you know jump in it just depends mm-hmm. what I mean as a mom I, you know, I try to listen as much as I can, but it's hard. <laughs> and sometimes you're just not really interested in what they have to say, but it's important to them sometimes too. Yeah. You know, Caleb can talk about Minecraft like all day long. And he's like, all right, mom, this, da, 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 da. and then Mike, my husband will always say something like, okay, so what you are saying, it's like if I was to start talking to you about mortgages or if I was to start talking to you, Caleb, about social media, you'd just be like, <laughs> yes, so, so lost. <laughs> so true. Okay. Shall we move on? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So number six, and Amy, you, you mentioned this one is as a mom, as a parent, how do you make the most of your time, right? You are the ultimate time manager with, as a parent. I mean, juggling it all. My husband always laughs. He's like, I don't know how you can fit one more thing into your day. Like you are, you know, every minute is like accounted for. And if you've ever heard this 
phrase, you know, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Well, this is the same thing. And uh, it's, a, it's not enough just to be busy, but the question is, what are we busy about? So I feel like everyone says, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And, and I feel like being busy has kind of been romanticized a bit. Um, but it's, are we busy about the right things? It's so it's good to be busy, but are we busy about the right things? And so, um, you know, a lot of leaders that I work with, they need help on time management. They need help on organization. They need help on there's so many things going on in their brain. And it's like, how do I manage it? Also, a lot of times we talk about just very simple time management techniques. And like the first one, a couple of them is organize your space, reduce your clutter, take 10 minutes. And before you start your workday, Get your desk organized, get your to-do list. Like don't just jump in feet first, but take 10, 15 minutes to get yourself set up for success. Um, research shows that you should make a weekly to-do list. Okay, so everything that's going on in your brain, like it needs to land somewhere, whether that be on your phone and then a planner or on Outlook, whatever it is, but everything that goes on in your brain, get it on a list. And then from that weekly weekly to-do list, you make a daily to-do list. And that's where your prioritization comes in. So you haven't thought about, you haven't forgotten about it. It's landed somewhere. But then you look, okay, what has to get done today, Wednesday? It has to get done. Okay, I need to respond to this client. I need to do this, this, this. And you take those three, four things from that weekly list and put it on your daily list. So it's like, I can get three or four things done. I can't get 30 things done today. Right. And what that does is that helps. Um, it's not so overwhelming. It gives you tangible things you can cross off and you feel like you're making progress and you're prioritizing as a result of that. Yeah. And I the love this. Last, yeah. The last takeaway I would give for time management is um, multitasking is actually not efficient. If if your schedule allows and you're able to, and I realize people's work has, you know, there's different things where you can't have complete control over your eight hour day. You know, you have clients or customers or meetings or all this stuff, but the time that you do have control over, don't multitask, complete your product, sit down and complete it from beginning, middle and end if you're able to. And it's the 80, 20 rule where it says 80% of, unfocused activity so it's a little bit of this doing your emails doing this produces about 20 percent results however 20 percent of focused activity will yield about 80 percent results so if you could just complete what you are doing whatever that is finishing that email finishing that report finishing that social media post do it from beginning to end if you're able to you're going to be your product is going to be uh going to be more qual higher quality and it'll be done. Yeah. So do you, do you think that carries over to like children? Cause a lot of times I hear that, like, you know, someone will say even just 10 minutes of quality time, like sit down and read with your child could go like a long way. Do you find that that in, you know, 1, in, your journey? in my experience? Yes, absolutely. Um, and versus a whole bunch of like mediocre spread mm -hmm. too thin time versus, okay, Luke, Let's sit down and show me that what you're creating on your computer, your video, your game or whatever it is. Show, show it to me, sit with me, explain it to me, 15 minutes. That's so much more impactful than all these, like what I call like flyby conversations or interactions, mm -hmm. in my opinion, you know, that's, yeah. that's my opinion. 
My favorite, my favorite time to connect with Caleb is, has always been, our time has always been bedtime because it's yeah. the one time, even since he was little, um, COVID really kind of interrupted that like flow of habit of our reading. But since he was little, we would always read every night. And then as he got bigger, it was like our time to just finally like connect and like he's kind, you know, he started to calm down in his mind. And so like, we could start to Mm -hmm. have some conversations and, you know, it doesn't help to, you know, keep bedtime to a, you know, normal amount of time, but I still put him to bed every single night. Like Mike and I still have a bedtime routine where we put him to bed every single night and it starts with Mm -hmm. me. And Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. that time. You know, a lot of parents will say like, Mm -hmm. they hate bedtime, but for me, He's, I just have the one, he's always been very easy. It was never about like going to sleep, but it was like, this was always like a very Mm -hmm. positive time that we would, you know, that we have. So. Yeah. That's where I get all the information from my kids is that right before bed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and mom, what, and this happened today. It's like, Uh oh my gosh, (laughs) you've been holding on to that the whole day. But it's like, that's where (laughs) we get all the, all the good. Yeah. Right. At bedtime. Like, yeah, it's not funny. Everyone has a different, yeah. Everyone has a different place. I wouldn't say bedtime is ours, but for me, it's in the car. A lot of times on the way from Mm -hmm. to school or on the way home from school. Right. I find that I'm more grounded because all I have to do is drive. I can't look at my phone or, Mm -hmm. you know, do all these things. Right. Um, and I'm driving and I'm talking or we do the music and Ella's like, you know, big enough to like run the phone herself so she can put the music and do that. And, and, you know, we've created a special time. I mean, you know, actually Gia's dad used to take us to school sometimes and he used to do these fun rituals where we would scream like an adrenaline pump, like in the morning, like, ah, just to wake us up and get us going. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't do that as often as I used to when they were younger, but we do that. And it's just a fun time in the morning. We play a song, we do a mantra, like, you know, who's going to have a good day today? Me. Why is that? Because I'm smart. I'm kind. I can use my brain and then a lot of times it'll Those be like it's great. a short day today and like you know it's a short mm-hmm. day <laughs> okay my son <laughs> still getting used to being in school and then Ella's like no it's a short day I'm sad <laughs> oh she doesn't like the short day no she likes to be at school oh. this one oh good for her go Ella <laughs> but yeah I mean so everyone has a different time um so it's, that's very true well good well I'm glad to hear you know that that's yeah, quality time is but, is more but think about yeah. But think about too, Denise, with when you talk about this quality time. I mean, you're in your 40s. You still remember this time driving to school mm-hmm. with with Gia's dad. That, oh, yeah, that right. was a mm-hmm. right. Like we send him videos. We send him videos right. of screaming. Like he's my godfather too. So like we send him videos. I'm like, look at this. <laughs> it's but that's amazing. <laughs> But that's just like, but that's even like just an amazing memory, you know? So like talk about the impact that Gia's dad made on you during Mm -hmm. those times and you were driving together so many years later that you have also now come full circle and brought that into your ritual of bringing your, like, that's really special. That's yeah, really, really, truly special. Sorry. I'm like having a moment. Well, and probably because that's what was quality time, you know, it all, it all links to what we were talking to them about yep yeah no and then yeah and then yeah (laughs) and tip number seven totally piggybacks on that is being in the present 
Um, you know, uh, only in the present can you think, act, love, behave, listen. And so just really, and that's what mindfulness is, is being totally in the present and um, taking in the experiences, the senses, the interactions. And, if, and I've tried to do this lately where let's say we we'll go to a wedding or out to dinner and be, for me, if I intentionally think like, I'm going to be, be in the present and enjoy the conversations and the dinners and the music. And I actually have a much more, a much more fun time than just going through the motion of it. And because it's impactful or going to parties and actually having real conversations and doing all these things that we talked about, it makes your experience better. And so, um, you know, just, uh, I always tell my clients, you know, have been, any of you ever driven to work and you get to work and you're like, wow, I actually don't even remember driving here. I mean, I got here, I got here safely, but I don't remember what lights I passed. I don't remember what cars, you know, this or that. That's the opposite of mindfulness. That's autopilot. So not being on autopilot, but being very intentional in the moment is help with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, tip number eight is to avoid the comparison game. So you're, especially if you have more than one child or I have two boys, you know, and they're as opposite as night and day. And so being very aware of what you're saying in dialogue, either directly to them or not to them, if they overhear you, okay, well, Luke is this, Austin is this. Well, no, they're not defined as that thing, but they're picking up on all of those cues too. So treating each child uniquely, looking for their the good in them and not comparing them to each other. And the quote that I, I love, this is probably my favorite quote, says, don't compare your life with others. There's no comparison between the sun and the moon. They shine when it's their time. So really not labeling and not saying, well, Austin is the social one. Luke is, you know, the quieter one. Well, then they start becoming, which is the self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Right? So then they start believing that, okay, I'm a quieter one. So now I'm going to behave in a quieter way. That's what the self-fulfilling prophecy is. So just being very aware of that. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. That's, I love that quote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's something it. that I try to, it's hard. It's very hard. I don't have, mm-hmm. he doesn't have siblings to compare himself to, but I see it, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, is that, I'm here, mm-hmm. I'm new, I'm starting up, but others that might be in a similar situation or have a larger network, but are still in the same time frame, have, you know, if, if the perception is, is that they're doing better than I am, right? And, you know, like we look at our podcast and like, we have to celebrate the fact that this season we reached over a thousand downloads. And I, you know, Denise and I joke like that more than our moms are listening but we really, our intention when we started our, when we started this was mm-hmm. that it was a passion project for us. It was just something fun and whatever came from it came from it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're recognizing the need to still kind of bring that back versus think of it as like our, a job, right. As part of our job mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we're, that we're doing mm-hmm. this because it was, it was fun. And you know what, if we have over a thousand downloads, awesome. You know, mm-hmm. we're not in that top you know, 2%. And that's okay. Because we do have people that listen. 
and we are making an impact, you know? So it's, 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 it's constantly that like reminder. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Tip number nine is flip the script and look for the good. So as parents, we are always, well, not always, but a lot of times we focus on the negative behaviors. Okay. You're not doing this right, or you're not doing this, or you need to do more of this and this and this and this. But instead of focusing on that negative, just don't, I mean, pay attention to it, but don't call out, but call out the good. And there's a a parenting expert that I loved listening to. And she said, you know, when you look for the good, the good gets better. Mm. So pay attention to what you want more of and focus on that. Don't focus on all the negative but focus on the good. Now deal with the negative stuff and make sure that, you know, that they're safe and behaving and all of the things, but don't focus all your energy on that, but call out what you want to see. And then that will eventually uh, breed itself basically. Right. Yeah. And I mean, okay. I think that was coming out too, like in Chris's, uh, little Chris's, you know, conference recently. And, you know, because he likes to be funny, he tries to entertain and, you know, but it also is kind of interfering with his schoolwork. Right. And so, you know, we were trying to find that balance. Right. And then my big Chris was like, you know, you know, kind of like asking the teacher a lot of questions. I was like, look, being funny and humorous and jovial has its advantages as well. Right. We'd let, but I don't want to interfere with the schoolwork. How could we balance? Right. So we put him in a little you know, after school acting course at school and, you know, just things like stage performance, just finding ways for him to be funny and not losing that, right? Not, lo- you know, not becoming, mm-hmm. you know, balancing out Watching one to the mm-hmm. other, right? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then my last tip, which is basically kind of to be your child's all-star coach. So when you think about a coach, a sports coach or a business coach or a career coach, you know, what are the characteristics of a coach? Well, their intent is to develop others. They focus on behaviors. They ask questions. They hold people accountable. They provide structure. They encourage self-discovery. They're supportive. They're encouraging. They're open-minded. They lead by example. So those are all aspects of a coach. Same as a parent, I feel like. I feel like my job as a parent is to be my child's coach. They're not me. They're not an extension of me. They're their own little people. But let me coach them to be their own person in um, for them to be the best of who they are because they're their own individuals. And so uh, that kind of is the summation of I feel that everything that we've talked about is be their cheerleader. But that's not being a pushover. Uh, coaches, I mean, they hold people accountable. They provide the structure. They provide the discipline and discipline is not the same as punishment. Discipline is following structure and rules and uh, the criteria and the expectations, you know, so it's, it's setting them up to be the best versions of themselves is what I feel like my job is as a parent. Yeah, that's great. That's so true. That's so true. And, you know, when you kind of look at it that way and, you know, it's parenting isn't something we're taught, right? Unless you maybe went to a course before you had children, right? But you just, you know, you look at examples from your own parents and your world and try to piece it all together, right? But it's something we do day in and day out, right? Parent, if you are a parent, you do it all the time. It's a full-time nonstop job. And to think that we can't improve ourselves by, you know, maybe taking 
adopting one or two of Gia's principles, right? That, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be all 10. I mean, we couldn't. I mean, like Gia said, it's not practical, but, you know, hey, pick up two or one today and just start doing that and see where it gets you, right? Where it leads you. So, um, no, I think it's- Yeah, and that's that's exactly, so when they asked me to do this parenting workshop or the keynote speaker, these are all best practices in leadership. And then, like I said, being a parent, you're the ultimate leader. Yeah. So let's apply business best practices in the in the business world to ourselves. So yep. and, and these are a hundred percent they're a hundred percent transferable. Like everything that you said, mm-hmm. all ten of these, I could see from a personal perspective, I could see from a leadership mm-hmm. perspective, I could see from a parent perspective, right? And so I agree with you that there is a a huge like connection Mm -hmm. to like your leadership of, you know, being a parent and like the leadership that you would bring to your role within within an Mm -hmm. organization. And I think even, you know, Denise, and, and this is your area of expertise, but, you know, when we talk about, um, I work with a lot of women who, um, I'm in a networking group with a lot of women who are like almost sometimes even returning to work from whether it's mm-hmm. like a, a divorce or they've been home mm-hmm. caring for their kids and now they want to they want to shift back into mm-hmm. the workplace. And, you know, we used to be in a position where like, oh, no, like you can't say that you were like a stay at home mom, you know, for X amount of years. But the reality of it is, is that these are all essential mm-hmm. skills mm-hmm. in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you had said earlier, Gia, like um, about being busy and you said something about, you know, getting something done and give it to, you know, give it, give it to somebody, who, you know, I give it to, if you I've want heard, something done, give it to a busy person. Yes. <laughs> give it to a busy person. And I've heard the same, just say, if you want something done, give it to a busy mom. Right. And they will, mm-hmm. and they will get it done. Um, so anyways, I think that these are all phenomenal, um, yeah. phenomenal tips. Yeah. And a lot of parents, well, you know, particularly moms usually, you know, complain of the same issue, right? It's hard to re-enter back into the workplace if you haven't. One of my, another old friend of mine um, really had a hard time doing this, right? And I was trying to coach her. I mean, FYI, you should never coach your friends. But like, you know, it's hard because you can't. It's, you get <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. It worked for you and me. It did. It did. But it's hard when you have something vested. I, I've known this yes, yes, for like 28 yes. years, so it's a little different. But it's hard because, you know, you know so much. And so in the same vein, I was trying to convince her of the same things and, you know, boost the confidence in that way. And and they don't see it. But I think if you kind of look at it in this aspect, it can be really um, inspiring and maybe motivating to, like, try some of mm-hmm. these things or just to, like, emblazon, your, emblazon yourself with um, – with some of these and, and might, uh, might make the parenting journey stronger, right? I mean, yeah. I loved what Gia said at the beginning about, she says with the clients with the mirror, right? Putting the mirror in front of your face, um, right, Gia? What did exactly um, mm-hmm. say? The- mm-hmm. Yeah, we focus on ourselves. We can't control other people. We can't, I always tell my clients, like, don't, it's easy to point the finger, okay, once the leaders get this or once this team to happen, mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you can sit there and wish for that to happen, but you have no control over that. So what can you control in this moment? And that could be how you respond, how you show up, how you communicate, whatever it is. It may work. It may not work for those other people, but at least you can just focus on yourself. So 
my whenever I work with folks, it's the personal accountability, and it's like when the man the minute they start going, well, they did this. I said, no, 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 we're not talking about them. We're talking about you, and just bringing it back. And then once we bring it back to them, they actually feel more in control because they can control their behaviors. Yep, that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's all personal accountability. How are how are you showing up to the situation? Sure. No, I mean, 100%. I see That's that. All you can do. Can't control the job market. You can't. You just have to, like, nope. you know, um, do what you could do within the one you're in. And it's unfortunate. Some people, you know, have circumstances that they come into, you know, that they didn't inherit. But, I mean, you know, this is where you are. So now what? Right? And sometimes it takes people some time to get through that. I can imagine that as parents, too. Maybe you got hit with a diagnosis or um, a behavioral problem or something in your life that you didn't. Maybe your child doesn't like to play soccer and you're obsessed with soccer. I don't know. You know what I mean? And now you're like, now what? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. If you have to put that mirror in front of your face, it's like, it's not about me. It's about my child who doesn't like to play this sport. So, mm-hmm. um, right. Yeah. Yep. But I loved it. Right? <laughs> this is great. These were really great. We know you have a lot going on this spring. Um, will you share with us some of your upcoming plans for people to work with you or hear you speak if they're in the Central Valley yeah. area or if there's anything virtual? We, you know, I just uh, have lots of uh, client engagements right now, which is which is great. So, uh, like I said, a lot of different clients on different aspects, either their organization, if they want training for their teams or, you know, teams need work help working together or individuals. So lots of client work there. Um, what else? I don't know. <laughs> it's busy, busy being mom and just the business. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. How can, how can, um, yeah, Gia, how can we find you? How can our listeners find you if they want to look up some of your principles or follow you on social? Yes. So you can, my website is giacazarian.com and that lists all of my services, the different workshops that I offer, the different clients and the industries that I have worked with. And um, my Instagram handle is Gia Kazarian Consulting. Or if you're on Facebook, it's Gia Kazarian Executive Consultant. So any of those ways you can get directly in touch with me, but definitely check it out. And, um, you know, if there is a need or you're not sure if there is a need, we can definitely chat and we can go from there. Awesome. awesome. Do you think Gia, from a, from a, a standpoint of like your coaching, do you think that your skills, I mean, we just talked about how they see how they could apply towards parents, but if you are an entrepreneur, do you think that some of your leadership skills could help in terms of how um, entrepreneurs can connect better with their potential clients? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And this can go entrepreneurs, this can go if you're looking, you know, if you're a doctor's office looking for new patients or or marketing, whatever it is, it's really understanding how you show up and then what the other person needs. And like I said, just even how we communicate, you can, you can uh, tailor your approach to that, you know, there's four basic styles of communication. And if you're doing a mass marketing, like promo or a blast, make sure in your blast that you're hitting on all the different styles, the four styles, because you don't know what your audience is, but something could speak to one person that could speak and something different could speak to another person. So it's just being really self-aware and like, what's the vibe that I'm putting out? Is there more that I could be doing 
Am I listening to what the needs are? You know, all of these skills really just make you a better person. Um, and I feel that, you know, these a lot of leaders do have coaches or consultants. And I always use the analogy, you know, professional athletes, they have two or three coaches. They have a hitting, like your baseball, hitting coach, batting coach, you know, a fielding coach, this, this, this. And not because something's bad, but it's to make them even better, to take them to the next level, to level up. And so uh, that's really my angle is, yeah, sometimes people call me because there's a problem and they need help. But really where the magic happens is like, I'm here. I want to get to there. I may not know how to do it, but I want to level up my game. So help me sharpen my skills. And that's really the sweet spot for people when they're looking for that development. Yeah. It's exactly. And that planning and putting it together. I mean, Gia does a great job of that. And and she also does a lot of public speaking in Fresno too. So, you know, you might catch her at women's conference or something there. So keep watch of that. Well, thank you, lady. It's under the color lady. It's a long story, but this, uh, thank you, Gia, for coming. <laughs> when your personal lives mesh uh, with your career and your projects, um, for me, it's ultimate flow. So this was such a you know fun honor to have you on with us and for you to share the 10 leadership principles, which I know the mailbox will take, whether you're a mother or whether you're, you know, just any of your interpersonal relationships. So thank you. Thank you for your time. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for everything. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. And that's a wrap for this week. In season two, our goal is to share actionable tips with you. We hope this podcast episode leaves you feeling encouraged and full of midlife energy. Don't go away yet. Be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're there, click to join our email list. We promise we'll send only meaningful content. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram too for the show at midlife at the mailbox or our individual accounts for our own tips and tricks at amylalex28 and Denise Rabat. That's Denise with a Y. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) So that we can come into your inbox each week and your feed almost daily. If you're a seasoned listener or just found us, we're glad you did. Make sure that you are following our show on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you hear, please share our episode with your midlife bestie and leave us a five-star review so more awesome listeners like you can discover Midlife at the Mailbox. We release new episodes every other week on Thursdays. At least we try. Our podcast is a production from the minds of two midlife besties and produced with love by the very creative Amy Alexander and Denise Rabat. Professional video and audio editing by Hivecast. See you at the mailbox. Bye.